Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, Caroline here. I'm just popping in really quickly because I want to let you know that Serena and I are going to go live on Instagram at 11:30 on Sunday, that's July 26th, to make brunch together. We're going to use the multi-purpose kitchen tool she brings to the show today, and she's going to show me how to use it because guess what? I had it in my kitchen the entire time and I didn't know what it did. So, I'm really pumped about this. Serena does this for a living. I do not. We're going to learn as we go and we hope that you join us. So that's Sunday, July 26th. Follow G Thanks just bought it pod and Serena G. Wolf. Both of us are on Instagram. Just so you don't miss it, we will see you there. Welcome to another week of G Things Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. Today, I am joined by chef, cookbook author, and blogger of DomesticateMe.com, Serena Wolf. Uh, she is also, we just talked about this before going, um, before hitting record. She <laughs> says those three things are the three defining elements of her career. But now in quarantine, she's been doing virtual cooking classes, which she actually enjoys. Serena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here, especially because um, so like right now as we're recording this, it's like I guess we could say it's mid-July ish. We're like a third of the way through July. And I feel like I (laughs) I feel like I started off the pandemic slash quarantine really strong. I was like, I'm going to make grain bowls and (laughs) I'm like having eggs every morning. And then I think yesterday I just ate a box of pasta throughout the day. Like we, we've now sort of like escalated into, I now eat like a college frat boy. So I'm very, (laughs) I'm very happy to have you here because I feel like I need, I need like your wisdom and guidance on how to like maintain normalcy. Um, through this and I feel like you have the answers I'm like no pressure first of all I love that you said I love that you said that because I actually feel like most people's experiences have been the complete opposite in the sense that the first few weeks of quarantine I got so many messages from people being like I am just eating bags of chips and like things out of my pantry and then all of a sudden like a month in people are like no this is the time I'm gonna become like a five-star chef <laughs> I'm the exact opposite but I actually feel the same because the truth is is that even the though cooking and food is like my job and my passion. I hit a wall last month where in my real life, I do not cook three meals a day, seven days a week. Like that, you know, there there are dinners out, there are work events, you know, I'm not cooking everything from scratch for every meal. So I hit a wall and I was like, oh my God, I cannot cook one more meal. (laughs) But I think what's what started to help me is I've never been a big meal prep person because I am always testing new recipes and like part of my job is to be like cooking on camera, whether that's like on Instagram or like on TV or whatever it is. Right. So I I don't like meal prep has never really made sense for me, but over the course of quarantine, I'm like, okay, if I am making what a, a pot of soup or chili, I'm like, I am going to make twice as much and I'm going to put it in the freezer. And I'm like, this is why everybody talks about meal prep. Yes. <laughs> right? And they make it look so easy. And they have like all the good Tupperware. They have like cute Pyrex. Oh you know what I mean? I, I feel guilty that as somebody who cooks for a living, I'm like, why do I have 18 bottoms to Tupperware and no tops (laughs) I just have like the plastic like Chinese takeout um Tupperwares that I just like reuse but they're I mean like it's it's eco-friendly you know because it's not one use plastic or whatever but it doesn't look very cute like I'm not photographing it it doesn't look cute no and I I will say I did consider those I don't know if I think you're probably talking about the same ones that I am because they're not single use but it's like kind of what you would get 
from a restaurant. It's not the actual like white boxes. They're they're plastic, but yeah. you can put them in the washing machine. I ordered those in bulk ever for with both my cookbooks because I would fill them and I would have friends like come pick up the recipes that oh, I was testing over and smart. over. But then I just, even when I'm not working on books, I now just have like 50 of those right. in my cabinet. <laughs> and so when people, I same thing, people always want to do fridge tours and stuff. I'm like, you don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, like I, like, I want to like be living the home edit life. I'm, but I am not. I am not. No, I'm like, and here's my plastic, and here's my other plastic, and right, and here's like ten Tupperware um, tops that don't have bottoms. Uh, yep. No, no one wants to see. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. We we have a and and we've been doing that too because we, um, we got on like a baking kick. I think like a lot of people in the beginning of this, like even though I was I was trying to have three square meals a day. The other thing too that's funny, and I'll add this is that I work from home anyway. Like nothing about my routine changed ditto and and, but I was still like oh my god oh I have to have eggs every day um but we were baking a lot and then we were like feeling gross and we were like trying to you know retrace our steps and we were like oh I think it's the baking two cakes and eating two cakes a week thing that's that's really throwing us off. Or like a loaf, a loaf of bread. Yes. Every two days. The full <laughs> loaf of bread and like a half a thing of olive oil. And you're like, wow, like, why do I feel so uncomfortable? This is so weird. I can't figure it out. So yeah, we've been doing the same thing where where one of our big activities when like truly, you know, the first few weeks where like no one was doing anything was we would bake things, put them in the Tupperware, and then like wave to our friends from our car and like put the food in the mailbox or whatever and it was like the most exciting thing we'd done all week but like yeah so we just have all this but the thing about meal prep and I don't know I mean I like the idea of doing a lot of frozen food because then you're not forced to eat it immediately but I'm always like very perplexed by people who know what they want to eat five days from now oh yeah (laughs) and I also like I support it in that Again, I don't have kids, so I can't. I'm sure it's 10 times more hectic when you're feeding your family. Must be. I feel the same way. I'm also like not somebody who likes to eat the same thing multiple days in a row. No. So my form of meal prep, like I said, is like, yeah, freezing stuff. But I also make big batches of like sauces or grains or something that I can repurpose in 10 different ways. Like I can use like a pesto like on a bowl in a sandwich as a salad dressing. And I don't have to just eat like chicken, steamed broccoli and and a grain right totally (laughs) yeah like my brain like just doesn't operate this way like I can't even and the thing is is like I married someone whose brain does operate that way and is like a very good cook so like but when I'm left to my own devices I all of a sudden am like a 32 year old woman eating like an 18 year old boy I'm like oh like cheese on a bread okay look great uh uh (laughs) And, and like not even fancy cheese, like just shredded cheese on top of like a tortilla. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's a quesadilla. And my husband's like, it's not a quesadilla. Like that's just like that's just shredded <laughs> cheese. <laughs> like you didn't even like try. And I'm like, oh, who needs to try? Um, but but I, that's, you need both sides. Right. Of <laughs> It'll that's make you appreciate it. We need that. Oh, good. Yeah. So he and I can hang out. We can have like. Yes. We can share he, a big box of pasta together. I need you to know about this, though, if you are putting cheese on tortillas, because this didn't count as an item I could bring because I wasn't sure if perishable items were allowed. <laughs> but okay. this is something that I've discussed, like my husband and I discovered at our r- local grocery store um, a couple, like the first month of quarantine. And they're Chi Chi's, like the brand. Chi Chi is like tortillas. They're called foldables, and they are four they are shaped like a four leaf clover okay i'm googling right now yeah so then you put the fillings for whatever you're putting in the tortilla in the center and then you fold in the side so it basically makes like a little (gasps) hot pocket oh my gosh this is so cool because like sure you could just take a giant tortilla and cut like pieces out of it and then save those pieces and probably save significant amounts of money. But for whatever reason, <laughs> these foldables have become like, I'm pretty sure my husband loves the foldables more than me at this point. This is, I'm looking at them right now. I can't believe I have never seen these before. Cause this is exactly like takes up four different pure, yes. like sections of my food pyramid is like this, whatever this can give me is like my entire diet. This and then when so you like fun. quesadilla it, it makes like kind of like a crunch wrap supreme situation. Yes. It looks like Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm literally on the Chi Chi's website right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's like giving you it's like it's like making it a lot harder than I think it needs to be but it's like fill plus clothes equals enjoy and there's like all these little yeah. gifts and I and then oh my god I'm so I'm I love this oh my gosh they can oh wow I'm like I'm like okay gotta go I know. gotta go buy these. At, yeah everyone everyone get the chichis get the chichis foldables this is you know when I was a kid there were no my mom did not let me do like lunchables she was like absolutely not like we're not I'm not buying you lunchables and this feels like adult lunchables to me one thousand percent. Could not it. agree more. That you know what I you, you could have absolutely this could have been your item and we would I would have been totally happy with it. Like you could have been like yeah just buy like the Chi-Chi's foldable tortillas. Um, no, this is exactly right up my alley in terms of ability. Uh, in, ter- <laughs> in terms of uh, the things that I'm craving most, which is usually a carb and a cheese. Um, no, this is great. Wow, I Chi-Chi's. love though that cheese and carbs are really making a comeback in quarantine and like my whole belief system surrounding food is like everybody has a different definition of balance so I don't really find that to be helpful sure. <laughs> like totally but I am anti-deprivation in the sense that I'm just like the more we restrict things the more like the less likely we are to be able to sustain any sort of healthy lifestyle long term. Right. And it just brought me a lot of great joy to like see people like eating dairy and and, and carbs. Yeah. And- <laughs> like where did all the flour go for like March and April? I do not know. Like- <laughs> I get it. Everyone was doing their sourdough starter. But I was like, are all you people the same gluten free people we were talking to? The last yes. and everybody, everybody bought so many beans at the beginning of quarantine. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of there were several weeks where I was just doing bean recipes. Yeah. <laughs> An often overlooked protein, I think. True, truly, and also canned beans are pretty great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's one of those things where, sure, buying beans in bulk is cheap and they're great, and you just have to remember to soak them overnight. And like we were talking about how you it's very difficult to decide what you want to eat in advance i yeah. rarely remember to soak the beans <laughs> yes i live with a um a bean head um he uh dan loves a bean um actually we had molly chen on the podcast even like way before this all started and we were talking about how she's like a real bean person too and and since and we were talking about beans in january like before it was cool so we were really happy <laughs> Uh, in March, when everyone was buying beans, yeah, we were right. We were we were early adopters of the bean life. Um, but I will say that there is always beans soaking um, somewhere in my house uh, at any at Love any that. time, and always have and always have been. But but, <laughs> but beans, and I will say about the canned beans is like I'm a, picturing like your t- Tupperware takeout yeah. is filled with beans. <laughs> You don't have to picture it. I'll send you a picture of that actually happening. Um, That is truly how it goes in my house. Uh, Something's always being pickled or something's always being soaked. But uh, the thing about canned beans is, again, level of ability. Yes. For me, the soaking feels I need to reduce the amount of opportunities I have to fuck up something. So opening a can of beans feels like I'm skipping like eight different steps that I will probably get wrong. Um, and so I'm, I'm, ha- I'm very thrilled, pleased, uh, uh, relieved to hear that you think you an actual chef thinks, thinks canned beans are okay. <laughs> it's so funny to me when people are always so nervous to tell me about a shortcut they took or I always find it deeply hilarious when I go to like close friends houses and they're like I'm so nervous to feed you dinner and I'm like I'm so pumped to not be cooking I don't understand (laughs) why people and not just in pandemic times always I don't it cracks me up that people think that I'm going to judge them more harshly. I'm just like, this is thrilling. And occasionally people will make my recipes and then I'm like, you know the way to my house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, that's really exciting. Like you, have you gone to like friends' houses where someone's like, I'm serving you your own food? Yes. And it's like people, again, <laughs> this is such a hilariously narcissistic thing to say. Like I love when people make my own food. No, but I think what makes me happy, especially if, they're really proud of it is that's why I like to create recipes. It's like, I love when people are proud of something they've made, especially people who are not super comfortable in the kitchen. Yeah. When they're able to pull something off that they, that is delicious and that they feel is impressive. And sometimes it's just, my friends will send me pictures of 
recipes that of mine that they've made for their family That's or so like nice. served at an, at their, like on Thanksgiving. Oh one of my best friends every year, I make her a side recipe every year for Thanksgiving and she makes it. And it's really funny because she'll be like, honestly, people didn't love it as much as last year's side. What? <laughs> yeah. She's like, has a spreadsheet with like notes. Yeah. She's like, honestly, 2015 was still the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's amazing. That's so that's so flattering. It's the best. It's the one thing about doing what I do that is really cool to see. And that's why I so I started teaching virtual cooking classes in quarantine. Mm -hmm. And it's so hilarious and so much fun. And I thought I was really nervous to start doing them. because I was like, there's no way that this competes with an in-person class. Yeah. But in an odd way, it's much more intimate because typically in an in-person class, unless I do do occasionally a class where I go to somebody's apartment, but for the most part, if it's a public class, I'm in like a test kitchen or right. some sort of event space or whatever. And here I'm in my own kitchen and then people are in their own kitchens and it's just really funny. And like you see, sometimes it's couples, sometimes it's whole families, sometimes it's just one person and some, you know, smoke alarms go off yeah. or like you can see people because they're on mute but you can see their camera and you can always see couples bickering which cracks me up and it's just a really intimate experience and people can ask questions so like it is interactive yeah and then I think people just are craving group energy so having just having the camera on like I don't force people to turn their camera on if they don't want to but I encourage people to turn their cameras on and then there's this funny group energy and I usually make a cocktail at the beginning and then like at the end people have dinner and it's it's just one of those awesome things where it's the one part of my job like lots of people say you know food is love and food is connection or whatever and I'm like yes that's definitely true (laughs) (laughs) one thousand percent yeah um but it's one of those ways like where I feel really grateful for the internet and I'm Mm. always like grateful for the internet there are lots of downsides to it sure but it's one of those things where it's like cookbooks well there will always be a market for cookbooks because for whatever reason people still like to hold physical cookbooks in their hand versus like on a kindle yeah but there's something about being able to share recipes on the internet where you just are able to reach so many people that you would never ordinarily reach Mm -hmm. and then like some they make one recipe and like the the best compliment i can get and it's happened a lot more in quarantine because people are being forced to cook (laughs) they're like yeah they're like i started making your recipes and the first ones were they were not great but i was okay like i got through it and they're like and now i feel like i'm doing so well and i get so many compliments oh my gosh that's so nice i think and i think the truth is, is like i always tell people i'm like compliments feel good so if and people when you cook for for them if you serve somebody food that you've made they're probably even if it's bad going to lie to make you feel good so you're gonna make this food and you're gonna feel proud and then you're also gonna get compliments and it's gonna be amazing (laughs) I like love that because I I feel like so I don't cook for anybody because no one wants that um but I I like (laughs) I like the idea that I, I also like I have I have friends who cook professionally and and I'm I'm in the in the boat that your friends are in which is like I am kind of nerd I don't want to like tell them if I'm cooking their food because I know it's not as good as if they were to make it and so now I feel like better knowing that they probably still just want to hear that I'm cooking it anyway yes <laughs> like yeah. that would just make them happy okay I'm like I like hide like we did so well to the, to the virtual cooking class I think you're right in that it is more intimate and it also probably teaches more because when you're in your kitchen, like that's your stuff. So like in a test kitchen, when you have everything available to you, you know, it is kind of more difficult to go home and replicate that, especially if you don't have all the like tools. Um, Yeah. And it's so it's super easy for somebody to ask while I'm cooking, be like, oh, like I don't have that. What should I use? And I'll and. I'll be like, okay, go to your spice cabinet and I'll be like, read me what you have. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're like learning in your environment. I mean, I feel like that's probably... I don't know. That's great. Do you you ever teach classes where people are like, I don't have anything that you need from me right now? Like, I don't have this kind of knife. I don't have this spice. I don't have this pan. Yes, but this is also a hilarious, like thing in the real world is sometimes when people are cooking 
they feel so nervous about substitutions. And I totally get that because prior to culinary school, I had no clue how to cook and mm. I had to follow a recipe. And if without a recipe, I was just completely lost. And even with a recipe, I was mostly lost. <laughs> but <laughs> as I, you know, over the years, you gain more and more confidence. And I'm always like, the best way to become a confident cook is to experiment and make substitutions. And then when they work, you're like, oh, I can do this in other recipes or in other, you know, when I'm making another dish based on what's in my fridge. And if it doesn't work, you also learn something from that. I mean, one of my favorite sayings is like, success teaches you nothing. All the teachable moments are failures. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you learn a lot and you have to, you have to experiment to gain confidence. So it, I get questions every day being like, can I substitute ground chicken for ground turkey in this recipe? And I always, I'm like, I always answer. And then I'm like, my secret goal is for us to get to a point where you feel comfortable substituting one white lean ground meat for another white right. lean ground meat. With, <laughs> yeah, when I do, when I do cook and I really like kind of like, like, okay, let's do this. I always feel like by the end, when the meal is done, it's like the last thing I want to eat. I get this all the time from people and I totally, totally understand what do you say yeah like what do you tell people part part of my strategy is I'm like you must not continuously eat what you're making I noticed that's a habit of a lot like like little chef snacks snacks you know throughout it's like oh I'm just gonna have like a, a bite of this or a bite of that because I find that most times Part of the reason that you're not that excited is because you're pretty full already. <laughs> right. Yes. I've already but, eaten like half the taco toppings. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't really like, need a taco. Yes. It's like, you know, like you're grating cheese for the topping and then you just eat a couple blocks of cheese. You know, it's like right. that, then, then you're not as excited. But also I'm like, create a little bit of ambiance. It sounds silly, but I'm like, have, you know, pour yourself a cocktail if if you drink cocktails or turn music on or put on a, a audiobook that you're like excited to listen to mm-hmm. um or sometimes I will talk on the phone like I'll call somebody that I've been wanting to talk to and like put in like airpods or put them on speaker and then like talk while I'm working uh-huh. and then it just makes the whole process a little bit more pleasant you also like don't snack as much and then you're excited but I also say that like cooking simpler meals like for some reason sometimes the most simple meals are the most delicious and it's always the clean out the fridge stuff that I like the most and last week I weirdly made I had some leftover like chicken breast that I chopped up and roasted broccoli and like some brown rice and I just like warmed it all together with a bunch of lemon juice and like scallions and I was like why is this so good and I was like probably because you only spent six minutes okay (laughs) Serena I have to stop you because so someone tweeted maybe a few weeks ago and it was like what is a thing that like everyone else seems to understand but makes no sense to you and my answer was literally clean out the fridge meals like because I'm like why do I want to eat my like very close to garbage food like everyone who does it everyone's like oh I just took like my nearly rotted fridge of food and here's this amazing meal and I'm like why when I do it it looks just even more disgusting than it did when it was on the brink of death how does everyone know how to do a clean out the fridge meal like what I mean like what how do you do it I just like need the basics like what do you do okay so this (laughs) I like truly don't understand this is so foreign to me this is not meant to sound harsh but it's like Perhaps the clean out the fridge should be happening more often Correct. so that it's not as sad. <laughs> I think that I think. Yeah, I think maybe that's where I was going. I think like one time I found like a head of lettuce or like something similar that like had gone past both of us, like a number yes. of different clean outs. And I think like that image has stayed with me for a long time. And now whenever I think of clean out the fridge meals, I think of that lettuce and I'm like, I don't think I could ever figure out something to do. I'm not like eating like I'm not going to like eat a rotted food or whatever. But I don't know when I see like two cherry tomatoes and like one, you know, like clove of garlic and, you know, a potato that's almost at the end. I don't I don't like see anything like I can't I can't I like, like visualize a meal. This, this is going to be something going forward where you're just going to say it'll be like chopped. You're going to send me a picture of like four things. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is this? And you're like, 
Please help. Yeah. I'm I, like, you'll get a text from me like tonight. I'll be like, okay, I'm putting you to work now. How do you but like? I do. Yeah. Like, I do think it's really hard. I, I completely agree. It's like, I'm somebody who based, I also think if you don't cook a lot and you sometimes buy things that you're like, that sounds good right now in the right. store or like, or like, oh, there's like cherry tomatoes on sale. I'm going to get three pints of these and I'm only one person. You know? <laughs> so then you end up with very strange things. And I think I'm somebody who I, I do think it comes with practice, but I also think that like sometimes people will shop specifically for a recipe and yeah. then they'll end up with like odds and ends from that recipe, which can be very tricky. Okay. But I do find like when you were like, I, at the beginning of quarantine, you're going to start making grain bowls yeah. and all these things. Grain bowls, you know, take the trendiness out of them, are are essentially clean out the fridge meal. Right. <laughs> like, like, you just take any vegetable, saute it or roast it, throw it into a bowl with a grain, and then you just need a sauce of some kind. So yes. Like a pesto or a mesco, a hummus, a vinaigrette, something. Um, and, or like use like a store-bought sauce. So no shame in that either. The only thing I'm like Gwenethy about that I, I <laughs> like do not substitute that is when I see, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it's my one thing. It's fresh garlic. When people like buy the jars of pre-minced garlic <laughs> or substitute garlic powder, garlic powder is not a substitute for fresh garlic. I would never make I don't. I love garlic powder. I would never make a, a taco seasoning or a ranch dressing or something without garlic powder. Uh-huh. But it, it is not a direct substitute. And I don't know why I get so up in arms about it. But I did see an old like Anthony Bourdain quote, and I loved love Anthony Bourdain. Uh-huh. And he said something along the lines in typical like extremely harsh fashion, like if you are too lazy to mince a garlic clove, like you do not deserve to eat good food. <laughs> Wow. So Serena's in the pocket of big garlic. Um, No, but you know what? I've heard it inside the four walls of my home, too. I buy the jarred garlic because sometimes it's just nice to have. And I get yelled, I get yelled at often. So this is a this I think is a a very popular um, a very popular way of thinking for people who know their way around the kitchen. It's like they're yeah, like fresh garlic is like there's nothing you can buy that will that will like be able to replace it in the, in the way that you want it to. Um, And I think people's, I think people's aversion to it really boils down to the smell on their hands. And I totally get that. And I also considered, first of all, I've never put more thought into what I wanted to bring or like what I wanted to talk about (laughs) on a podcast. So like for the past, like, we but we made this date like three months ago. We Every really once in a while, I'll be I'll be doing something. And I'll be like, oh, this is a good thing. <laughs> but but you can buy. There's a chemical reaction that happens. I cannot explain it. But between like the compounds in garlic and stainless steel, so you can buy a bar of stainless steel soap that you just it's super cheap that you just keep by your sink, and then you wash your hands with that after slicing or mincing garlic, and like the smell goes away. Will it work with fish too? No, not the same chemical reaction. Got it. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to work on that one. That may we're gonna have to work. Maybe that will be my that is so see. I love like yeah. That should soap. that should be your Shark Tank item. I yes. see. I love the smell of garlic. It doesn't bother me. I'm just purely lazy and I don't know how to chop garlic in a in a fashion that makes sense. Or like usually, that. if I chop garlic, there's just like a big chunk of garlic in the food and then nowhere else, which I think some people so, like. That. When when do we transition to my tool? So we're going to actually we're going to take a quick break um, because I was like, we're going to do it every 10 minutes. And now I've been just chatting, like shooting the shit for 30. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to continue to talk about garlic. And we're going to see <laughs> and we're going to see what Serena brought to G. Thanks. Just bought it. We'll be right back. OK, we're back. OK. OK. So <laughs> this is just like the title of the episode is going to be like garlic. Yeah. So I my tool that I brought and I actually I have a supplemental one sitting next to it because it's literally been keeping me up at night the side in between these two things. Oh, my gosh. I can't but wait. it is a microplane fine grater zester. And this is the perfect segue because I literally use it every day to grate garlic and it does exactly what you just said that you wanted to avoid, it gets, it turns the garlic into a paste. So you're never going to get a chunk of garlic. (gasps) And it also takes like 
five seconds to grate a garlic clove and it takes, you know, we all know mincing garlic is a bitch. Like it sucks yeah. no matter how, you know, I am a chef and I don't like to mince garlic. And also like it, to get it really small and, and finely minced. Yeah. Require, like you can't rush it. And typically like, especially if you're not super experienced with a knife, you'll have different size pieces of garlic. And like, if you put that in a salad dressing or something, there is nothing worse than taking a bite of something and Ugh. getting like a chunk of raw <laughs> <Yes>. garlic. <laughs> so while it totally doesn't matter if you're making like a pasta sauce or something and your garlic is not evenly minced like whatever it's gonna cook it's gonna soften it's gonna dissolve into the sauce Uh but if you are making like a salad dressing or a marinade or a sauce like a peanut sauce or something that's not going to be cooked when you grate the garlic on the microplane it makes this paste that then beautifully emulsifies like it completely dissolves into whatever you're making so you just get that flavor but it's a paste and same thing like I wouldn't use it if I were you know if I if you're cooking garlic and onions or something you don't want to use the paste because it might like clump or stick and burn more easily in the pan but like for anything that you're not cooking but like if I'm making a stir fry sauce too like if Uh I'm mixing like something like soy sauce and rice vinegar and grated garlic then I will mix it all together versus mincing the garlic and then I'll add the sauce last and then you also get like a stronger hit of garlic but like not and (laughs) just to make sure that this is not Purely sold as a garlic grating tool. <laughs> I use this thing every day and I'm creepily obsessed with it. And I like, it's the, I traveled with it on my book tour so that I could use it in demonstrations. Wow. I like actively have said that it's, I mean, it is my most used kitchen tool because for, I use it for garlic. Yes. I also use it for ginger. I use it for grating cheese, citrus, chocolate. Like, oh, wow. It's very, very versatile. Um, But like, it's just, it's also like I said, like it takes five seconds to mince a garlic clove or to grate a garlic clove. But I do want to say quickly, just on the subject of garlic, a garlic press is a great thing to use to like mince garlic, but you have to wash it immediately. And I'm talking like within five minutes of using it because otherwise that garlic shit, like this, this part of the clove that when you press it through, like the outer skin, like stays in there basically. And it will, it hardens really fast and then you can never, ever, ever fully get it off. So uh, whenever I like look at people's garlic presses, there's always hardened garlic on the inside, including (laughs) my own. And I'm like, you have to wash it right away. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is like, this, I think it's feel like, I, I think we actually even might have, this is how uninitiated I am in my kitchen. Is the, is the microplaner like the long like stick? Yes. I think we have one already. And I'm really excited because I didn't even know what you could do with it. I just thought it was a small cheese grater, which I guess it so, is. It is. It is. Like, you, I, you, I use it for Parmesan all the time. But, like, th- the thing is, is the one that I'm – and I'm literally, like, holding this in my hand and waving it around. <laughs> like, wielding it like, it like a, a sword. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, shaking it vigorously and being like, I love this thing. Oh um, but it, you can also put it in the dishwasher, which is huge because, like, I'm always trying to put everything oh, in the yeah. dishwasher. But this is the long, skinny stick one. Um, at home, I also have a paddle one. And it's, like, basically, I would say probably – three times it's also made by microplane also fine grater zester but i think it's just called like paddle fine grater zester and it's like three times the width which i find is better for cheese because you can like you have more surface area to grate on Uh um for garlic i find the skinny one to be better um but for somebody who's nervous in the kitchen i recommend the paddle one because you have more stability okay okay that that tracks for me nervous in the kitchen um yeah <laughs> I I love the idea that I didn't even know what it was but I know that we have one in the yes. in the kitchen but also that I was like a moron cho- trying to chop my own garlic I'm like you have to have knife skills to chop garlic like you, you do you can't just be like a you're gonna like chop your finger off um which my friend actually did like at the end of March and and no. oh yeah no, he he like <laughs> severed his thumb like slicing an avocado which is not the first do you know that avocado um knife injuries are like the number one injury that hospitals see in terms of like yes which like <laughs> I I know so every time I slice an avocado or remove the pit because you know you stick yeah. the knife into the pit and then you pull the pit out yep every time I do that online I get a bunch of messages from people being like oh that video gave me so much anxiety I was so worried that you're gonna <laughs> cut your palm and then I was like oh it's okay you know the the when it comes to slice, I'm like 
I practiced this a lot, but I was like, don't worry about the pit thing. Like the knife's going to get stuck in the pit. And I once got a DM from no. somebody that was like, no, like for some reason, I guess her knife was really sharp and she applied a lot of force, but it went through the pit and into her hand. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. Oh my God. So now <laughs> I think about this every time I do it. So I've like started doing it whenever I video it, I will like put the avocado on the cutting board before I do it just so I don't give people anxiety. Holy shit. Yeah. I know. And you are supposed to, you know, always have sharp knives because they tell you the dull knives yep. are going to be the ones are that the kill one. you. And yes. here we are. Now the sharp knives are the ones that kill you. You can't really <laughs> win. And you got to be so careful with, <laughs> I mean, I, I, sharp knives really do make all the difference but like there are certain things that I warn people of all the time because you want to make like a I, I always you basically look like you're making a claw on top of most things right. when you're cutting like be, so that you're pulling your fingers in and then you're exposing your knuckles so you're not going to get your fingertips yep but sometimes when you're doing something like herbs and your fingers get kind of lost in the bundle yep that is very dangerous but I cut myself so much when I was in culinary school and it was very shameful like they would <laughs> it was very shameful to cut yourself or no. burn yourself so I was always like sneaking out there was a first aid box in the hallway Bleeding out. So I was always like sneaking out <laughs> and they have these little things that you put on your finger for cuts they literally I, I I we called them finger condoms but I don't know what they're actually called they like literally roll down your finger and oh, they wow. trap the blood as it comes out um <laughs> it's disturbing but it's like yeah I would just slide one of those on and like go about my class because I didn't want to get a bad grade wow <laughs> I'm imagining um that scene in Julia and Julie and Julia where she's chopping onions. onions yes I, and also people ask me to do that all the time because I did go to Cordon Bleu and I'm like I can't yeah <laughs> And also, like, that's not what we learned there. Right. That is so funny. Like, I had no, I thought burns, I thought being burned in the kitchen was like a rite of passage. And, and I think, I definitely think that it is, especially in restaurant kitchens, like when you're on the line and stuff, because there's always different things open. And then it's like, those are your war wounds. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think in yep. culinary school, it was more like buttoned up. And they also probably didn't want the liability of us like seriously injuring ourselves. Yeah. Or like competing with each other to see like who can like bleed out the most it during knife all- skills. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I really love the, the I love that idea of just running out and like putting a finger it condom was like on. It's like very yeah, like very discreet and you're like how or like there were times where I'd like do the same thing with a burn and I'd be like running it under cold water and I'm like you have one and a half more hours before you can actually take care of this. Oh my god. That's how rigorous <laughs> it is, huh? Yeah, it was actually that was so that was funny about Cordon Bleu cuz I went to like the the flagship or whatever in Paris and they were so I in my head I think had a very naive uh romantic vision in my head probably partially shaped by Julia and Julia where I assumed that I would arrive and be roasting chickens and drinking wine and chopping onions really fast Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I realized no that is not (laughs) what we do here and it's also (laughs) primarily it was I, I don't know how things have changed over the past 10 years, but it was primarily very old French chefs and they do not like women and they do not like Americans. Yep. So I already had two strikes against me. That's right. And I thought I spoke really good French and turns out I did not. And then also I did not know how to cook. So a lot of the words that they were saying in French, when I would get the English translation, I'm like, still don't know what that means. Oh my God. <laughs> Did your French get better after after being there? Yeah, it got a lot better. I I mean, I my listening, like my comprehension skills were great, but my speaking skills were still not that great. But yep. at the same time, it's the same as, you know, when you when I hear somebody who where English is their second language, like I know exactly what they mean even if the grammar isn't perfect, you right. know? So I would say a lot of things like I'd be like, you know, like no, no, no. Like I wait the train, you know, like people know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People know what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, but I, my like culinary French got very good and I, I just didn't realize, and I'm grateful that I did it, but I don't do it any longer. It's like every protein uh, vegetable, like whatever you're working with, you always got it in its whole form. So like if I was cooking fillets of fish, I was going to scale gut and fillet that fish. And like, I have not scaled and gutted a fish since 
culinary that, school. That's, that's not part of it's not part of your everyday um, routine. I'm like, yeah, I'm like I literally there's the second term is mostly fish, and like I smelled like fish for three months. No matter how many showers I took, <laughs> I would have like a scale hanging from the bottom of my like a oh, piece of hair, and I was gosh. like, I'm a disgusting human. <laughs> so well, as you the, the smell of fish really like grinds me to a halt. Like as I said, I, I, I was so excited that maybe the garlic thing would work on the fish, but it wouldn't. But like the I steer clear. I love fish, but like I I have to eat it outside my house because I cannot. My whole house will smell like fish for weeks. And then you'll also. I mean, it's not like anyone's coming to my house, but it's also like. <laughs> but it's also like. I don't know. You think it's gone, and then you like leave your house for like a few hours, and you come back, and you're like, I, "This still smells like fish." Like the fish lingers, and I don't like that. You're so I totally get that, and my husband feels exactly the same way. I kind of like don't mind the smell, especially like if it's fresh fish. But one trick I will say is, if you cook fish in parchment paper, like you know, in French, it's like fish on papillot. It's like those little packages. Uh huh. You like make basically a little package with fish and vegetables and whatever inside it in parchment, and then you bake it in the parchment, and it like contains the smell. Oh, see, you're giving me all of the good. Like, everything that folds <laughs> up is the thing I'm gonna buy. Like, I'm gonna buy the cheese, yes. and I'm gonna buy these parts. Everything I, like this is all the tricks of the trade that I don't know. You know, I'm totally. Like, I'm so excited about like a garlic zester now because. Gar- Truly, like, we had this argument about the jarred garlic that was in our fridge the other day, and I was told that was we were not supposed to use it, and the, I was like, I don't really care. Apparently, I was the only one that didn't care. Um, do you do you have a um, – do you have, like, the oh, – oh, wow, this is also – this is a zester and a press together. It's a presser. Um, oh, I have not seen that. I, it looks very cool. Do you have a specific brand that you go to, or is it just, like, the tool in general – is. No, it's the brand is microplane. Okay. One word. Microplane. I'm like Googling it. I'm going to see if this is the one that I have. I think I have it. Oh, yeah. I do have it. And this. they, they, they're very, like, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's like $11 or something. Yeah. It's very, like, um, yeah, it's like, and 15 I've had the bucks. same one for, yeah, I've had the same one for like seven years. Like, wow. And also, you know, when you love something so much, but you know it's weird, it's like, I always consider bringing this to somebody as a housewarming gift or like, I think that's as like, nice. a, like when I, when I go to a dinner party, like, I'm like, can I bring them a microplane yeah. or would they be like, what the fuck? <laughs> No, I think it's like a really nice because like no one else is gonna give that to them, you know. I like in case they don't know, it would be like do you, I'm like maybe I could like make a little care package of microplane and like a head of garlic and like a piece of ginger. It's like go to town. I love that. <laughs> Wait, that's a really good idea. Like it's just like ward off the vampires and also here's a micro. That's so fun. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, this is like it's like 15 bucks, and I also think that like you said you use it on chocolate. When do you have to microplane yeah. chocolate? Um, if you want to like put it on top of like a cupcake or a cake, um, or if you want to put some on top of like, you know, a bowl of fruit or it's like decorative basically. Wow. These are things I do not, none of this ever occurs to me. I'm not grading chocolate that much. Yeah. But you know what though? I love that. Like, (laughs) but I like to know, I like to know that I could. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That is, that is, this is a wonderful product. Um, I'm (laughs) excited. Like, I'm really excited that you brought this because. This is a thing that actually I know that we own. I don't use. I'm looking at like there are pictures of like how to zest a fruit, which is something I don't know how to do. And one time like really messed up a cake because of dairy and citrus and didn't didn't, <laughs> didn't really think about it. And then it happened. And I was like, no, it's fine. I followed all the directions. I was so embarrassed. And I was with my friend and she was like, did you follow the directions? Because I thought zest was just like... <laughs> like just squeeze the juice in um it's yeah. not it's not uh and <laughs> and my friend and, and you know the frosting came out like all kind of like curdly and yeah I and she was like I don't know that you followed like all the directions I'm like no I I did um yeah I did I did everything correct I don't something's wrong with the oven uh <laughs> it's not me couldn't be me couldn't be me I would never mess this up and then like secretly I like googled it later and I was like oh okay <laughs> You're like whatever. Yeah, it's like all right. Well, they should have said that. I don't Carol, know. I'm the one leaving like the type of like book reviews that like, cookbook reviews that, like keep me up at night. Where yeah. she's like, this recipe does not work. 
That's so it's it's and like you know the person did something wrong, but you don't know what it is, and they're you're just like I tested that twenty and times, the- it can definitely work. If I had more seriously, yeah, if I had an ounce of if I didn't understand how hard book reviews are for for the authors that write them who write them, I, yes. And if I and if I also didn't, if I wasn't even like a tiny bit aware of how dumb I was in the kitchen, I would be like, um, I don't know. Seems like you did something wrong with your book because I followed all the directions and it's like yeah okay like I famously like get very bored of waiting for water to boil and like we'll eat like a very al dente pasta because I'm like I don't care (laughs) I said this is like the one thing in all of my cooking classes that I always say I'm like look like I do not and nor do any other recipe writers like put things in recipes like just to mess with you like what I say like what I'm like get the pan screaming hot I was like I know that half of you are like waiting like 30 seconds and being like it's hot enough <laughs> that's me <laughs> I'm in that I'm and like, then they're like and then they're like but the, nothing is nothing browned and I was like I know your pan was not hot damn it like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's where the virtual cooking classes must it's be so really helpful, helpful. I'll, yeah I'll see people doing stuff and I was like nope your pan is definitely not hot my Wrong. pan still isn't hot <laughs> yeah. step away that is so <laughs> funny like I was thinking back to I'll have to send you this video but back in May my friend Emily and I and Emily runs um Emily runs uh, digital for New York Times cooking. So yeah. she and I did this Instagram live where we did the Julia Child uh, omelet challenge where we were trying to make like the 14 second omelet where she just like yeah. cooks. And <laughs> it was so funny to do because she's doing it like perfectly and I'm like throwing eggs around the kitchen. Like I could not get a hand. <laughs> she was like grab the, the handle. And like she and I are so close so like she can like just scream at me through the phone. Like she's not trying to be like nice. She's like Caroline grab the handle. She's like get a grip. Get a grip on the handle. And like the eggs are like like literally like just like slicking on the butter and like like flying across the room. And and I feel like if it were just me by myself and she wasn't like watching me and like screaming at me um and being like do it do it do it like this is the time or like you know because in that sort of situation it the timing is everything you have literally like 15 seconds to go from like you know really really hot buttery pan to like edible omelet um and if you miss that window you're screwed and I can't even imagine the people who are like doing it by themselves because it's it's it was really really difficult but like I would 1000% have been the person that tried it by myself and been like mm, doesn't work Julia Child doesn't work and like that, <laughs> I mean what, I remember when I was writing my first book and just in a spiral of like self-doubt you know first time with anything like I was like I had such bad imposter syndrome I was like what am I doing that's right and I was like having I was testing all these recipes over and over and then I was having recipe testers and friends test them and I was like you know, I just am so nervous that something might not work. And like one of my best friends is like, listen, I am a shitty cook. If I make any of your recipes and it doesn't work, and she's like, or any recipe that is in a printed book and it gets messed up, I'm just like, oh, I fucked something up. True. <laughs> she was like, I'm not like this author no. is a liar and a piece of trash. Truly self-realized people know their weaknesses and I I mostly just get mad because I'm like you know the Serena Wolfs of the world make it look so easy but I can't make this omelet but I understand it's my fault um I I mean I totally this is like how I we all have something this is how I feel whenever I watch makeup tutorials I'm like what the fuck (laughs) don't even get me stuck I you know what that was a quarantine goal for me I was like I'm gonna learn how to finally like apply eye makeup and I was like yeah I don't really care (laughs) I also just like whenever somebody's like oh like in the concept of you make it look so easy yeah I always want to remind people I'm like yeah but like you guys like I literally went to school for this and I've been doing it for 10 years and like you know that's and same thing with somebody who's like a professional makeup artist or a professional fitness instructor I'm like we are not expected to be able to do these oh my gosh (laughs) we must remember that and I was laughing so hard because at the beginning of quarantine I actually am I felt extraordinarily lucky and privileged to be like wait a second because like I also have terrible anxiety mm-hmm. and so like and and I work from home and all these things and all of a sudden people were like I need to learn how to cook I'm super anxious and I need to know how to work from home and I was like this is my time yeah you, <laughs> I was like truly we are going to <laughs> 
we are going to talk about all these things. And then when I was giving like work from home tips, like every single other person on the internet, I was like, casual reminder, you guys, that uh, the first four years I worked from home was a disaster. So (laughs) I was like, don't beat yourself up if you can't get the hang of it in like three days. It's not. Yeah, it is not an (laughs) overnight, even still. And because and you and I are similar in that, like, you know, we work on our own schedules. Like I work on my own timeline. Like I have deadlines for things, but it's not like an everyday need to show up. And so there will be like a lot of days where I'm like, hmm. Work. Oh, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> like four days later, I'm like, oh my god, I have so much to do. But like, that is a thing that like, if someone was ask- actually asking me for like legitimate tips, I would be like, put yourself on a routine. Not like I do it, but you should do yeah. it. Like, <laughs> like, like, try to get yourself in habits. Like, I, like I've been doing this for six years. It's lost on like it's too late for yeah. me. But save yourself now. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna take another quick break, and we will be right back. 
the one single-use kitchen tool that I'd be like, okay, fine, is like a cherry pitter because <gasps> cutting cherries is a nightmare. Serena, like- you should literally be married to my husband. Like the like <laughs> you guys would run away together and like just have a happy kitchen, and then me and your husband can hang out and eat like eat hard cheese. pasta. Yeah, exactly. And eat cheese. <laughs> what is that show like? Wife swap. Yeah, wife swap. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'll do I mean like, we could do like a quarantine version of it we should just like yes. pitch someone and be like yeah give us money we'll do it um you said that you were thinking about a bunch of different um items to bring and now that like I'm just so on board with literally everything you have said I, I really have to know what else almost made the cut um, you just got so, I need you to put it all out there so sitting on my floor right now because I, I <laughs> Caroline said I should be in a carpeted room yeah. so I'm just sitting on my bedroom floor your sound um, sounds great by the way so thank it's does it did work um so I am like weirdly obsessed with my yeti tumblers um so I use I have I think this one is 12 ounce and then I have the 16 ounce they're like rambler tumblers um and they're insulated cups and they're I have tried over the years every type of like insulated Mm -hmm. cup like the cheapos corksicle uh, yeti blows them out of the water yeah so i drink my coffee out of it in the morning and i'm a slow coffee drinker some people drink their coffee really fast i drink my coffee over like the course of an hour so <laughs> it stays hot which is important and then i put my smoothies in the larger one and they stay cold and then i only drink like if i'm in public i will make a sacrifice but i only drink my, like cocktails out of my yeti wow. because the ice because the ice doesn't melt and then it doesn't dilute my cocktail i'm looking at and the yeti site right now there are so many like cute like options they, they have all kinds of colors they also make a wine glass one but i will wow. say this is like what my husband and i give people as like like if we go stay with somebody you know on vacation yeah. or like for the weekend or whatever because you can get them monogrammed <gasps> um, or like put you know put like the name of you know somebody's name on them or like they're a good wedding present because like they just get used um and they do like have a wine glass one they don't have a champagne flute one which cork school has but it's not very good um but but like it's kind there i it's just something like i use it every single day and i pack one in my suitcase like when i go on vacation or like if i'm on the road that's when you know it upsets me yes it like upsets me when i'm like oh but my coffee is cold or like my my cocktail ice is melting. <laughs> no, I no, I'm with you because you know what? It's it's like one of those like first world problem kind of things. One thousand. But it's also like when you find the thing, and this is what this podcast is all about, right? It's like when you find the thing that actually just like solves the problem that you just thought you had to live with, and you're yes. like, oh, okay. I mean, like now we're good. Like yeah, and uh, now it's like you know, it's now obviously it's also sustainable. So if I'm like out and about, I can like get somebody to put my coffee in the Yeti. You yeah. know, like it's just much. It's it's so much better oh, I and love it's, that. I love it I love it so much and then obviously like at the, that was my everyday usage thing yep and then also <laughs> I was going through I was like oh my god like so many skincare products the like mascara so like yeah. and I was just like you know the microplane microplane that's why we went with the microplane I think the microplane is a great well, the thing about skincare and I love like I love when people come on and recommend skincare and beauty stuff because I think people like the way people talk about it is, is it comes from like a real place of passion and there's nothing better than being like of the 9,000 moisturizers like I actually found one that works for my skin but the thing is it's like it's not super universal you know so it's like people love hearing other people talk about their beauty products but but also like something like a micro like something that is so universally uh adaptable to like anyone who is listening is like the sweetest spot um and I'm so now excited to know that this thing exists in my kitchen and I know how to use it um and I can't wait to tell Dan that I know how to use it he'll be like yeah we've had this conversation like I don't hear you when you talk and that's that's (laughs) the difference okay um but but like that that I that I love and I love that it's only 15 bucks yeah, and it's so it, – do you ever have things – I feel like in my marriage, it's like I've probably talked about how much I like a microplane like over and over to Logan. And then if somebody – if I was like, could you grab me the microplane? He'd be like, what is that? Yep. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, we <laughs> – we on the the episode that I did with um, Danny Mullen, who is the owner of Semicolon, which is a bookstore in Chicago. She's the only yeah. black woman owned bookstore owner. Um, we were talking about how like the things that our partners do um, 
And one of Dan's new things is that if I call to have him from another room, he pretends he doesn't hear me to train me out of doing it. And guess what? I will never be trained and I will train him out of trying to train me. Um, but similarly, yeah, if he was like, can you grab this thing? I would be like, I've literally no idea what you're talking about. I, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, and what, you know what, my last question to you, because I feel like I was looking through your site. And a thing that I that popped out was was talking about wedding registries. Um, yes. And, and when, I, when we did our wedding registry, it was also I know that you said you kind of went about it all the wrong way. So did I. Yes. <laughs> um, because it is it's very difficult to especially when you already are living together and you've already kind of like bought all the things in, in your house. Um, yeah, it's really, you know, you, you can do like the upgrades and get like the better versions of different things. But you also kind of like, yeah, I feel like my mom, I think, called at one point and was like, why do you have like four different Dutch ovens? And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer yeah. to that. Um, but <laughs> is this a trick question? Right. I was like, uh, I don't know who's asking. Um for, You're okay. like, did you not get my invitation to the chili cook-off? Yeah, like, exactly. What's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> Excuse me. When I have four burners going and, I, right, and I'm making chili for 400, I think you know the answer, Mom. Um, my, my question is, though, so I really kept – the only thing I kept seeing – for knives was big blocks with like a hundred knives in them. And yeah. I, I know enough now that you really don't need a hundred knives. So I want to know from like an actual chef who like went to school, what kind of knife situation people need. And it doesn't have to be like a brand just yeah, like yeah, yeah. what's the most, like what is the most versatile like knife? Cause I feel like people get knife blocks and they use like two knives and then the knife, knife blocks, blocks are completely unnecessary. And also like there's some brands. So like I use shun knives and I really love them. They are really expensive, but I do feel like knives are something that, that are worth the investment because you'll hopefully have them for yeah. years and years and years and if you, you also take care do of them properly professionally so that makes that yeah. make sense and and but like a lot of brands will let you to buy let let you let you buy individual <laughs> knives uh-huh. and then you can create your own set and the oh. truth is is like for me like it's like it really depends on what you cook but on a base level you really only need a chef's knife and I would go with like a six to eight inch knife anything you know like there's like a nine inch ten inch like those are huge and Mm -hmm. you do not need those like a six inch will probably serve most basic home cooks and then a serrated knife for when you're cutting like bread or tomatoes or something yeah and then usually like what people say is a chef's knife a serrated knife and a paring knife but I use my paring knife so rarely really and yeah like the little guy um and like yeah like you want to use it for like hauling strawberries or like I'll use it to like mince a shallot or like if you're if I'm slicing sometimes if I'm slicing a garlic clove or something but like it doesn't get nearly as much action as my chef's knife and so like in order it would be chef's knife serrated knife paring knife but like I really think you can get away with two but if you're somebody like there are certain things where it's like it's it is really helpful to have like a flexible fish knife if you're somebody who like eats fish on a regular basis and like you want to like take the skin off or something of of a filet but like again that's that's not very common Um, and you could still do that with your chefs I love and do you also like sharp because we have like a knife sharpener um yeah I don't, this is, this sounds ridiculous, but like I, there's a kitchen store in my neighborhood in yeah. New York and they sharpen knives for five bucks a pop. Yeah. And I just do it there because I like love my knives so much. And I'm always, you're going to be the, you're you know, going to, yeah. at home sharpeners, like you, you can catch an edge. Like you can just like, you can do pretty serious damage to your knives. Yep. And like, to me, that investment is, is well worth it. And it's like, if you're, people are always like, how often should I sharpen my knives? And I'm like, it depends how often you cook. Quarterly is probably fine. If you're a home cook, you know, like even twice a year is most that I have, I know people who have not sharpened their knives since they got them and like, they're still fine, but like, totally. it's not, it's yeah. not ideal. You should be regularly sharpening them just in the sense that it's going to help prolong, you know, the life of your knife, et cetera. But it's also just like going to make your experience cooking so much better when you have to saw at things. Oh, it's it horrible. Sucks. And that's when you get <laughs> yeah. hurt. I mean, that's really, that's truly when you, get, when hurt you get hurt. Yeah. We similarly, we have a knife sharpener. Again, I say this all the time. I just want people to understand. I'm not making up that I don't know my way around the kitchen. I'm married into my kitchen. We have all of this stuff. I don't know what it is and I don't know what it does. And I'm probably never going to learn. <laughs> we have a knife sharpener, but there was a guy in Brooklyn who used to drive around his knife sharpening truck and 
and um, he would park uh, in in Park Slope like you kind of could count on him for like the third Saturday of every month for like six hours and people would just like come with their knives and he sharpened knives for like yeah like five bucks um that's so nice and it was so it was such a cool like little slice of community um yeah and and that I miss about Brooklyn and just miss about being out and in, in, in the world in general is that like oh the knife sharpening truck like we're like in 1905 and like yeah <laughs> I'm getting on my horse and going to the knife sharpening truck in Park Slope but yeah I think that that is a really good piece of advice because I think people think like and by people, I mean me. I think I think you do try to get the stuff like, oh, I'm going to buy the knife sharpener because that'll save me time and money and I'll sharpen my own knives. But if you have a very expensive knife and there's a chance that you could like fuck it up by trying to sharpen it yeah. yourself, build whatever it costs to sharpen it into the cost of the knife. Because then exactly. it's not your fault if something yes. goes wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, I assume these stores have insurance or whatever, like they're or they're not going to mess it up. But yeah, I don't trust myself to be able to do that um, clearly. Uh, so I think that that is actually a really good piece of advice. Um, yeah. And so like, it's like also like those knife sets, it's cheaper to buy individual knives and then you can get one of those like I have... Um, I'm never going to remember the name, but it's like basically a, a knife holder that is good looking. It's wooden on the outside. And then on the inside, it's like this weird, um, like, you know, I'm trying to think of those things, you know, you put your hand in it and your handprint stays. With the little needles. Yeah. Yeah. Like needles I know exactly like what you're talking about. It's like a little, it's, it's like turf grass for your knives yes. and it like goes down deep. Yes. No, I know yeah, exactly, exactly what that is. Yeah. I mean, I think that those are the things like everyone has a knife block on their on their counter space and no one has counter space like unless you no are living in a Nancy Myers kitchen like you don't have counter space and a knife block is one of those things that I think people think that they have to have them but like you could also just get a magnetic strip on your fridge and just like or yes. you know and do and do the knives that way see I do know some kitchen you I, know many things. I'm an observer also, of my kitchen <laughs> also hot tip people we can't all have a Nancy Myers kitchen but there is an awesome Nancy Myers kitchen Spotify playlist that is amazing <gasps> to cook to. Is there really? Yes. It oh. just, just type in Nancy Myers kitchen and Spotify <laughs> and there's a great playlist. Oh my gosh. Look at this. I'm looking at right now. Oh my God. You're right. Nancy it's Myers so, kitchen, Spotify. It's like, it's like yeah, oh, it's I, of, this is fun. I see. <gasps> 79 great. songs. Wow. Serena, yes. you really came with like the works. <laughs> And now I want to be best friends. I'm yes. so, so happy that you joined us. Um, I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. You guys can learn more about knives. I encourage <laughs> you to take a virtual cooking class because I'm going to do one. Um, yes. And it's going to be great. And we will actually keep the camera on so you can hear us bickering. Uh, you it. don't even have to just assume that it's happening. We will just let you hear it. <laughs> um, I'm. Thank you so, so much for your time and for coming to thank the show. Thank you for having me. This is the most fun I've had in weeks. <laughs> I'm so I know all of our standards are low and I am so happy to hear that. Uh, everyone, um, Serena, tell everybody where they can follow you or read you online. Um, you can find me at domesticate-me.com. Lots of recipes, other things. Um, and then I am at Serena G. Wolf on Instagram and Twitter and all socials, but I don't really use anything other than Instagram. Um, smart. So, very smart. Very also, smart. My, my books are The Dude Diet and The Dude Diet Dinner Time, which are everywhere. The Dude Diet and The Dude Diet Dinner Time. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for coming. And everyone, you can follow along with G Thanks Just Bought It at G Thanks Just Bought It Pod on Instagram. And in between episodes, we talk about stuff like products you guys recommend stuff that doesn't make it onto the show um and lots more so come follow us there and we will see you all next week